Praise the Lord. Welcome to a Unity of Faith Christian Center podcast. I'm Pastor Nolan Swansea, and I hope you're edified by today's message. The world is passing away. However, for us who have repented of our sins, been baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of our sins, we who have the indwelling of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in tongues as he gives the utterance, to us, the passing away of this world does not make us sad. On the contrary, it makes us glad. And I'll explain why. In Matthew 24:35, Jesus says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. He says, Heaven, the atmosphere that surrounds the earth, and the earth, the planet that was intended to be the eternal dwelling place for humanity, to be in fellowship with God, shall pass away. And we're not ignorant as to why heaven and earth shall pass away. We clearly understand that the passing away of heaven and earth is the result of one man's sin of disobedience to God. Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all men have sinned. So he says, by one man, sin entered the world. And this sin that entered the world will cause the inevitable death of the world. So what this tells us then is that the passing away of this world is the direct result of one man's choice. Now, I just said that although this world is passing away, we are not sad, we're glad. And we're glad because it is the fulfillment of what our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said would happen. We just heard him say, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. He says, my words shall not pass away. So if heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word of God shall not pass away, then his word is more enduring than material existence. The word of God is enduring. To endure is to survive in the face of difficulties. The word of God is enduring. The word of God faced the difficulties of the cross. And we'll come back to that in just a minute. But to illustrate how enduring his word is, in Isaiah 55.10, the Lord says, For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. So the Lord is telling us just how enduring and how sure his word is. Rain, snow, heaven and earth are the results of his word. The grain that grows from the earth is the result of his word. All of these natural elements evince the accomplishments of his word. We know this is true. In John 1.1, he says, in the beginning was the word. 
and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, the word, and without him, the word, was not anything made that was made. So what this means is that all of the natural elements we see in this world are the direct results of the word of God. And the Lord says, just as these natural elements are proof of the accomplishments of my word, you can be certain that whatever I send my word to accomplish and what I send it to do, it shall do. My word shall not return unto me void. The potential in my word shall be actualized. My word is sure. My word shall endure. Nothing can stop the progress or prosperity of my word. My word shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. So we can't help now but ask, what was the word of God sent to accomplish? Well, in Psalm 107.20, the psalmist says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So the word of God was sent to accomplish healing and deliverance. But notice, healed and delivered are past tense, which means that when he sent his word, it was impossible for it not to accomplish what it was sent to do. Now, we just saw that in the text of John 1, 1, word is capitalized, which indicates that the word represents the being of God. And we know this is true because he says the word was God. And in verse 14, he goes on to say, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the prophecies of the word in Isaiah and the psalm point directly to the being of God in the body of Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus is the word of God made flesh. Now, today, we celebrate Palm Sunday, the day Jesus revealed his messianic purpose, the day the world saw the word of God that was sent to heal and deliver. John 12, 12 says, On the next day, much people that were come to feast were when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. They took palm trees of branches and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna! Blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. So the word that came to heal and delivered was acknowledged by the common people as the king of Israel, the one who would deliver them from oppression and restore the kingdom of Israel. The word came in the name of the Lord. In Isaiah 42, 8, God says, I am the Lord, that is my name. In Isaiah 43, 11, God says, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no other Savior. Well, in Hebrew, Savior is Yasha, Y-A-S-H, which in this context is one who rescues and delivers. In the Greek, Savior is Soter, one who delivers. So the people acknowledged that the king of Israel had come 
and that he came in the name of the Lord to deliver them. However, they did not know he was God manifest in the flesh. They did not know that he was God in a body of flesh and his name was and is Jesus. And even though Jesus revealed to the devil that he was God, the devil didn't know it either. Well, how do we know? Well, in Matthew 4, 7, when the devil tempted Jesus, Jesus replied saying, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Well, who was the devil tempting? Jesus. Who did Jesus tell him not to tempt? The Lord thy God. Thus, not only did Jesus clearly reveal that he was God in the flesh, he revealed that he is Lord and God of the devil. However, the devil didn't know it, nor did he believe it. 1 Corinthians 2.7 says, Paul says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom of God, which God ordained before for the world unto our glory. Here it comes. Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. The devil is the prince of this world. And had he known that Jesus was the Lord, his God, he would not have facilitated the crucifixion that would ultimately defeat him. But you know, this clearly shows that what God said is true. My word shall not return unto me void. The potential in my word shall be actualized. My word is sure. My word shall endure. Nothing can stop the progress or prosperity of my word. My word shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Thus, on Palm Sunday, the word of God that cannot pass away was sent to heal and deliver in the name of the Lord God. Now, based on how he responded to the temptation of the devil, Jesus knew who he was and what he was sent to do. In Luke 5.32, Jesus says he came to call sinners to repentance. In Luke 19.10, Jesus says he came to seek and to save that which was lost. In John 3.16, Jesus says he came so that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In Luke 4.18, Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord hath sent me to heal and deliver. Earlier we heard the psalmist say he sent his word and, and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Well, according to Luke 4.18, the he that sent is the spirit of the Lord, the Holy Ghost. And the his whose word it was is the Holy Ghost. And the word that was sent was his own holy soul in a body of flesh named Christ Jesus, the Word made flesh. Now, of all the things God sent his Word to accomplish, the foundational purpose for which Christ Jesus came into the world of sin was to make all things new. 
Revelation 21.5, Jesus says, And he, sat, he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. The he that sits on the throne, and I say sits because it's, he's sitting there right now, is the king of Israel, the same king that rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. The he that sits on the throne is the human body of God. The he that sits on the throne is the word of God manifest in flesh. The word that was sent to heal and deliver. The word that was sent to accomplish and prosper in what it was sent to do. The enduring word of God. That in the midst of the difficulties he faced, he made all things new. He endured the cross to make all things new. He was wounded to make all things new. He was bruised to make all things new. He was chastised, beaten, and whipped to make all things new. The body of the word was broken to make all things new. The blood of the word was shed to make all things new. They hailed the word as the king of Israel, but crucified the word like a criminal. He was crucified because the word was sent to make all things new. And although he suffered, bled, and died, he did not pass away. Why? Because his word is true. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Jesus could not pass away because he is the word. In Romans 6, 6, Paul says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for that he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being dead, raised, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. So Paul lets us know two important things. Firstly, Christ died, but he did not pass away. In other words, he could not cease to exist because he conquered death. Secondly, he says our old man is crucified with Christ. And in verse 4 of the same chapter, he says how the old man is crucified. He says, therefore, we are baptized with him by the baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. So if our old man is crucified with Christ, then we must have a new man. And he says this new man walks, that is to say lives in the newness of life. So if our old man is crucified with Christ, we must have a new man. And he says this new man walks, lives in the newness of life. Well, we know that there is a new man. In Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5.17, he says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 
Thus, what the word was sent to do and what the word accomplished is that every soul baptized in the name of Jesus is in Christ. And every soul that is in Christ is a new creature. Their old man is dead and passed away. The word that came to make all things new has made them new creatures. And because they are new creatures, they are in Christ. His word dwells in them, and they cannot pass away. Why? Well, we heard Jesus say, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. So we are new creatures. We walk in the newness of life. Therefore, we cannot pass away because the one who sent his word and the one who is the word dwells in us. 1 Corinthians 16 says, Know ye not, know ye not that ye are the temple of God? and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Well, the Spirit of God that sent the word to prosper and to make all things new has made us new. We are new creatures in Christ. Therefore, we are living proof that the word did not return unto him void. The word, in fact, accomplished what it was sent to do. We, who have been born of the water and of the Spirit, we are the prosperity of Christ. We are his workmanship. God sent his word to heal us and deliver us from destruction. And if his word cannot return unto him void, then as the psalmist says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Well, God sent his word, therefore we are healed. God sent his word, therefore we are delivered from destructions. And not only are we healed and delivered, not only has his word made us new, but one day soon we will have new bodies. 1 Corinthians 15, 49, Paul says, And as we have borne the image of the earthly, we also shall bear the image of the heavenly. The image of the earthy is the old corrupted body that was crucified with Christ. The image of the heavenly body is the new incorruptible body that walks in the newness of life in Christ Jesus. In Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, 55, Paul says it very well. He says, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye and at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is thy sting? O oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Oh, but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul just showed us more proof of what the word was sent to accomplish. He says, by the word the dead in Christ shall rise. By the word, corruption will put on incorruption. By the word, mortality will put on immortality. 
By the word, death will lose its sting. By the word, the grave shall, the grave shall lose its grip. And by the word, new creatures shall have the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, our deliverer, our redeemer, and our soon coming king. The word that was made flesh and sent to make old things pass away and to make all things new. Revelation, Jesus says, Paul, uh, John says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Oh, new. And for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. They died. And there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat on the throne, the king of Israel, said, Behold, I make all things new. <laughs> 